It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, hope you had a good President's Day weekend. I work through it, but it's not work. It's talking sports. So I'm all ready to go this week as we start on Tuesday on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio and on the Raiders mobile app. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. Got a big show because I thought this was a really cool weekend in sports. Underrated. Considering there's no NFL football, it was the launch of the XFL. I'm pulling for the XFL more so than the USFL. We got a friend, Rod Woodson, who's one of the coaches. It's a Vegas product, so excited to see that off. Had the Daytona 500. That's really important to me. I love Daytona. And in two weeks, we have NASCAR here in Vegas, which is a nice bridge from Daytona right to Vegas, which I'm excited about. The NBA All-Star Game. Wow. A lot of meat on the bone with that. And what the hell's going on with All-Star Games and sports, man? They have butchered the all-star games in your lifetime. Okay, we're not talking about 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. In a matter of five, six, seven years, the major sports that we follow, they have taken the all-star game, as in the Pro Bowl, hockey, and especially the NBA all-star game, and absolutely ruined it. Ruined it. And they did it on their watch. So I'll have something to say on that. Tiger Woods golfed, which I was really excited. I spent most of my weekend watching Tiger Woods, who made the cut at the Genesis at Riviera, So that was very enjoyable, but uh, there is some sad news as UNLV lost a young football player who lost his life, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later out on in this hour of the show here. Very important that we get to that as a young UNLV football player passed away, and we'll talk about that coming up with Joe Arrigo, who's close to the program, and he's going to come in and offer his thoughts, and we can see if we can do anything, anything that we can help his family, or talk about that coming up here as the passing of Ryan Keeler is a very unfortunate story here in Las Vegas at UNLV football. So I want to make sure we pay the proper respect in this community the way we can and help out in any way we can like we have in the past. So that's coming up. Also, Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black, and Mark Anderson, who covers the Raiders and does a great job for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So that's what we're doing here today. I wanted to begin by talking about the Raiders and the quarterback situation. A couple of things. Dave Ziegler is on a podcast, Bussin' with the Boys, that just dropped. I listened to that today for an hour and a half. Took the dog for a walk, sat in my backyard with my coffee, and listened to that. It was outstanding. I retweeted it at JT the Brick for everybody else to listen to, because Dave is in charge of the Raiders now as the GM, I think if you listen to this podcast, you'll get an understanding of who he is as a human being. Look, I care about the human factor as much as anything. I want to win. You know I want to win. I want you to win. 
I care about relationships, getting to know the men and women of the Raiders. We have them on all our platforms, and this was really good because Taylor Lewan, the offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans, basically offers his life up to Dave Ziegler. Dave was his guidance counselor, his guidance counselor in high school. Very unique story about Dave Ziegler, a guidance counselor, and then how he got into football. It is a wild story, and I love stories like that. I don't care if it's about sports, media, politics, whatever it is. I want to hear stories about people who get into the business. You know, I got into this business, luckily, as a caller. If I didn't win the Jim Rome smack-off, if I didn't come in first place that year, I was going right back to my job at Merrill Lynch as a stockbroker. You would have never heard from me, and I know some might be clapping that point, but I believe in fate. You know, last week I said I met my wife walking into a Rolling Stones concert. If the Rolling Stones weren't playing in Vegas at the Hard Rock, I never would have met my wife. I wouldn't have been here. My kids wouldn't be born. I'm a guy who believes in fate. I believe that when a door opens, you walk through it. I believe when a door closes, which we all have experience in, when a door closes, you look at it and go, why me? What just happened? I had this and that, and it just ended. I kicked the other door down. I don't wait for the door to open. I kick it down. That's the way I've always been dialed in. That's part of my DNA. The Dave Ziegler podcast with Bussin' with the Boys had a lot of that for me. As Dave Ziegler was a guidance counselor. Then his connection with Nick Casario and Josh McDaniels at John Carroll as a football player. And how Josh McDaniels got his job in Denver and basically sent a text to Dave, I want you to interview for a scouting position. And then Josh McDaniels got let go by Denver, and Dave Ziegler stays there and works with John Fox. I didn't know that part of the story. And John Fox, what a, what a name he has been in the NFL and coaching and his coaching tree. And his story is amazing. And he was very fond of Mr. Davis, Al Davis. So I enjoyed that part of the podcast and then how Dave went to New England and what he learned at New England, and then he got the opportunity to come to the Raiders. It is a great story. So I, I hope everybody who can hear my voice today, I tweeted it out, and busting with the boys, we had Will and Taylor on from Radio Row, and we talked about it. We teased this interview, which was before the Super Bowl, and it just dropped. And after I was done with the interview, I took my headset off on Radio Row, and both those guys said, you're going to love this Ziggler podcast. It's really good. So it was a deep dive, and I think Raider fans... What I'm trying to do in my tiny, small part of what I do with this team is I try to tell you what I know behind the scenes. That's really been it. I could be on the sidelines being a sideline reporter. I could be up at Napa at a private event emceeing it. I could just be doing the show from the facility or at practice, and I try to share those stories. But I also know what I can share and what I can't share, and what I know and what I don't know. And what I know and I'm available to share, I always give it to you first and tell you what I think. And I've been talking for the last year about the plan that is in place in Henderson and what they're trying to do. This podcast kind of gets into Dave Ziegler's plan. And I don't want to go too crazy because I want you to download the podcast, but he has a plan. And there is pressure with his plan. He acknowledged the pressure, but Dave Ziegler's his own man. And he pretty much says he's going to do what he thinks is right to make this organization better. And I think a lot of fans lose that with the head coach. Not just this head coach, other head coaches. And you lose that with the GM. You make it so personal. Not all of you, but a small, loud contingent. Make it so personal. You forget that they have three kids or you know, they're a husband and they do stuff in the community and they have a great backstory. You forget all about it because you live and die with wins and losses. I get that. 
But from time to time, we got to talk about the human side of sports. And this podcast was very good with that. So I decided to lead with that before we get to the quarterback situation and Derek Carr and the Jets. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time going forward on Derek. I really am not, unless it's big breaking news, unless Derek Carr signs. And there are some contingency plans in place because Derek Carr, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Derek Carr could end up being with the Jets, but the Jets are waiting on Aaron Rodgers. And I believe the Raiders are waiting on Aaron Rodgers. I hope the Raiders are waiting on Aaron Rodgers with an opportunity there so we can tie that all together. But here's Dave Ziegler talking to Bussin with the boys on Derek Carr, the decision to release Derek Carr and go in another direction. To see a guy that's played, you know, he's, again, he's played the um, nine years for the same organization and having to make a decision like that, there's a lot of emotion that's involved in trying and having to make that decision. And it's a hard decision to make. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like, that's what we get paid to do, too, is make hard decisions. And we have to make a lot of hard decisions throughout the year. I mean, that's the most high-profile one, but there was a lot of decisions throughout the year that were hard decisions to make, whether it was, um, you know, making a decision with John Abram or, um, you know, Alex Leatherwood. Um, again, all those decisions are hard decisions. Like, we talked about the beginning one because it's someone's livelihood, you know what I mean? And, and people that are really dedicated to, to their craft too. And so they're all hard um, and they're all decisions you don't want to have to make. And, and again, I think that one was um, even a little bit more difficult because of what he's meant to the Raider organization and just who he is as a human being. So Dave has a lot of respect. And I know Josh McDaniels does of Derek Carr as a human being. I do. A lot of people do, but it's a business decision. And you could hear the sincerity in his voice talking to guys he knows, a former Raider, Right, and Will Compton and a, a player that he helped make and carve his life out in Taylor Lewan. So Bobby cut up a couple of these sound bites from Bussin with the Boys as the podcast was released. More on the Derek Carr decision and how difficult of a decision it was. A decision like that, it's a tough decision. Um, and, and, and like you said, there's a lot of emotion involved in that decision too. And, and I would think, say one, like you spent time with Derek Carr and Derek Carr is a phenomenal human being. Mm-hmm. He's, it's, uh, it's hard not to like Derek Carr. Um, and, and it's hard not to like Derek Carr, um, not just because he's, he has a great personality, he's kind, he's caring, he's respectful, all of that different stuff. But he also, like you said, he was with the Raiders for nine years, um, playing one of the playing arguably the most difficult position to play in all of sports. The quarterback's a tough to zip position to play um, in, in totality. So the difficulty of the decision and the quarterback position we all know this. I just thought you should hear it from him on a different platform. That was really good. I, l- I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I listen to less sports radio, and I'm listening to more podcasts. I think a lot of other people are doing that too. And this was a really good podcast. More on Dave Ziegler with Bussin' with the Boys on the criticism. You know, part of being a GM, part of being in charge of football operations is you have to downsize the background noise, but you're aware of it since he took this job. Yeah, you, and, and I'd be lying if it said you don't hear it all. You know what I mean? Or most of it, like you do, (laughs) it's hard not to hear, you know, on any of the decisions that you make. And so, yeah, you just got to trust, you got to trust your, you know, trust your gut and and you have to um, be convicted on the decisions that you make and um, have a plan and a reason for doing it. And I'm not going to get into all that, but you know, there's a plan and a reason for every decision. And, and um, you know, like ultimately you you have to, you have to feel like you're making the best decision for the Raiders, whether it's, you know, in the short term or the long term. And and ultimately that's what, you know, that's what we did. Yeah. And that's what I think is the really important soundbite from that podcast is he's making decisions that he believes will help the Raiders long term. Some of them are going to be mistakes, 
Other ones are going to be really good valued decisions. And he has to handle the money and he has to draft the players. So again, from this podcast, what my big takeaway is from Dave Ziegler is he does it at the highest level of scouting. So here's my big hook to this. The Dave Ziegler scouting department, the way he grew up as a scout, again, a guidance counselor in high school, dealing with young kids who had suicide issues, drug issues, right? He has the human side of it all. But now he's a football executive at the highest level. So he has to take all his experience in life and in football and with the Patriots and the Broncos, but especially the Patriots, and build the scouting department of the Raiders. There is no doubt in my mind, and again, as I said, there will be mistakes made and there will be home runs. There's no doubt that this organization needs his expertise on his philosophy on scouting. It's going to be completely different as he deconstructed the roster he took over, which we walked you through every day when he got rid of a player or made a decision or benched a quarterback, whatever they were doing. They were deconstructing a roster that was not a very good roster. It was a 10-win roster, but the roster wasn't that great. And now he's trying to build it in his liking uh, and how to do it via a scout. And, man, this guy's detailed. And if you're working underneath him, you better be ready to go. And you better know his philosophy because his philosophy is the philosophy of the Raiders going forward on how to bring in players that can make a difference in this organization. So I think this is all very unique. And I would encourage you to download that podcast and have an opinion one way or the other on this. Because as you've grown with me, on any of the platforms that I host or podcast, I get very upset when people make things personal. I really do. I really do. And that's very hybrid is the word for me in the Raider Nation. There are people that I talk to. Raider Mike was in town this weekend, one of the elite Raider fans of all time. And I'm meeting with Cisco from the Black Hole later this week. And I talk to a lot of people in person. I don't like when anybody makes it personal about someone else without knowing what that person's doing. And a lot of people have done that with the coach because of the record, not as much to Dave Ziegler because he's not the coach. He's the guy behind the scenes leading the organization. But I think if you listen to this platform, you'll have a different opinion on Dave Ziegler going forward. One more soundbite on what's going to happen going forward, filling the quarterback position. At the end of the day, like I'm in charge of myself and, you know, our group, we're in charge of um, filling the most important position on the team. And so, yeah, there's some, you know, there's, um, there's some, uh, there's some pressure that comes along with that. And, and however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer, you know, this year, but at the end of the day, we have to have an answer, you know, in some form or fashion, you know? And so, yeah, there's pressure that comes along with it. And, and, um, again, that's also part of the excitement too, is that pressure is finding that guy. Um, and, uh, you know, that'll be the next task. Dave Ziegler worked with Tom Brady, and he mentioned Peyton Manning in the podcast. Okay? Peyton Manning in Denver and Tom Brady for a lot in New England. So he knows the quarterback situation in regards to how to evaluate it. And that brings me to my next topic, as we're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. Wow, I was at one of them this weekend, 5 to 7. They also have it at midnight to 2. Didn't make that one, but PT's has got the best happy hour in town. Half-price drinks. Uh, sports everywhere when you go in, uh, gaming, you can do it all at PT's. They fuel the monologue, 64 locations here in the Valley. No one is close to them when it comes to tavern groups and what they do with all their specials. It's right on the corner pretty much in every part of town. PT's, thanks for getting us going. And PT's, thanks for the Super Bowl coverage as we kick off this week. So that's Dave Ziegler. I'd like you to comment on that. Ready? I talk, 
We play sound. You comment on what you think about the task of Dave Ziegler going forward. What do you believe is Dave Ziegler's number one task? I bring that up because there is mass confusion throughout the Raider Nation on this topic. Mass confusion. I want Aaron Rodgers. I want Aaron Rodgers. I want to rebuild. I want to get C.J. Stroud. I want to move up in the draft. I want to move down in the draft. Oh, I want O-line with the first pick. Oh, I need the best defensive interior pass rush. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What I got to deal with? What I got to deal with? It's like a bouncer at the bar. You can come in. No, you got to wait. You got to wait. No, you come to the front. I'll bring your friends in in a minute. Here's a wristband. It's insanity. Raider fans are all over the ice. What do you want? I need to know from you what you want. I can't be a mind reader. You have to tell me going into the combine, coming out of the combine, going into the draft, what you want. I want a quarterback. I want. I had nine years with Derek Carr. I enjoyed them. I wish Derek won more games. Uh, the Raiders need to win more games. So I believe the quarterback can do that. If the Raiders are stuck on a young, aggressive rookie quarterback at seven overall and they don't have to trade up to get him, hallelujah. But I don't think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to drop to seven. Do they have to go up and give up draft equity? I'm cool with that, too. They got Devontae Adams giving up a first and second. I can live with moving up and giving up a first rounder to get an elite quarterback that you can build this franchise around long term in Las Vegas. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Tom Brady. Why wouldn't I? Four-time MVP, seven-time Super Bowl winner. Would I be nuts? You'd lock me up and throw away the key if I didn't like those two guys. Jared Stidham? Yeah, I'm lukewarm on Jared Stidham. If he ends up being the bridge quarterback because they got the superstar rookie, I'm good with Jared Stidham for six or seven games as we get the young kid ready to go. And then what about the bridge quarterback? If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones in a trade, Okay, we're going to rate all that if that's what happens here. Or if they move back completely and go heavy on defense. I think I gave you every option that's there. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And that's it. I want the Raiders to win every game. So I didn't want them to tank at the end to get from the seventh pick to the third or fourth. Some fans always said, why didn't we lose more games at the end? I go, just get away from me. Stop. Who are you talking to? We don't lose games. Al Davis, commitment to excellence. Mark Davis has never gone in a game. Also with the Ruvo Center and the charity, David Hum's name, the Raiders in full force, as Mark Davis made a million-dollar donation, million-dollar donation in regards to David Hum, the former quarterback of the Raiders, my partner for six years, my partner six years on the Raiders pre- and post-game, changed my life. Uh, Bravo to Mark Davis and the Raiders, Sandra Douglas Morgan, Larry Delson, everybody who made that donation. And the Ruvo matched it. That was fantastic when you look at what came together. $2 million for one of the most important, impactful human beings that I've ever met. The Bishop Gorman lefty star quarterback who went to Nebraska and played under Tom Osborne. Then with Al Davis, the backup to the snake. And the impact that he had from Bishop Gorman to this valley. And David Hum, may he rest in peace, my good friend. What an impact he had. When I talked to David at the end of his life, I would tell him, the impact that you had on me is incredible. To sit here, and this is when the Raiders were in Oakland. And if David Hum was with us today, I wish he was. But his brother Tom, who I work with, Courtney, his daughter, how proud do they have to be? And how proud should everybody be in this valley that Mark Davis uh, found a million dollars to put into that? So David Hum and MS and what they're trying to fight going forward. That's a big part of what happened over the weekend here in Las Vegas as we continue on. 
Quickly, let me get to Derek Carr. Reportedly, his meeting with the Jets, his brother said it, along with several beat writers who cover the Jets in New York, that Carr's visit with the Jets went really well. It did. And and Derek's going to do real well in those type of interviews. In Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa, wherever he goes. He's going to come in with a lot of energy. He's going to come in detailed. He doesn't have to get the job, so he's going to be interviewing the other team, saying, hey, what do you got? Tell me about your organization, how it's run. But... You know, a lot of the Jet fans who are listening, who can hear us nationally, or a lot of Jet fans I talk to on Sirius XM, want Derek Carr now because they don't think they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. And I can tie that directly into the silver and black. It's the same thing here. The Raiders, I think, are the front runner, the Vegas odds to get Aaron Rodgers. But there's a couple of caveats here. The Raiders might not want him. If an odds maker says that Aaron Rodgers has the best odds, the shortest odds to come to Vegas, that's cool. You can bet on it. But if Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis don't want him, he's not coming. So that's important. And would the Raiders want to go after another quarterback early and have an idea who they're going to get if Aaron Rodgers decides to go back to Green Bay? We'll take that topic here in Las Vegas and multiply it times 10 in New York. Much bigger media market. Much bigger media than Las Vegas. And they are foaming at the mouth to get Derek Carr now because they think they can get Carr now. They can offer him and overpay him to be the quarterback there and get a good quarterback and not have to sit on pins and needles wondering if Aaron Rodgers wants to come. Does that make sense? Do you want to wait for Aaron Rodgers to leave you at the altar and not have Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr if you're the Jets? Or would you rather just say, let's forget about Aaron Rodgers. Let's go get Carr now. That's the topic that's leading New York. And Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants, wants $45 million and changed agents. $45 million for a guy who threw 15 touchdowns. That's what he wants. So the quarterback market is insanity to me. I think it's reckless. I think it's ridiculous. I have no problem paying Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert going forward. But that doesn't mean that every other quarterback that puts a helmet on in this league deserves 35 million bucks, everybody. I mean, we're sitting at a point now where it's insanity. Just because you play the position quarterback, what's the minimum? 30 million? Yeah, and the, that's the fault of Cleveland and Deshaun Watson getting 240 million guaranteed after his lewd and crude behavior with like 26 massage therapists, and he got rewarded. Lamar Jackson wants more money than that. I think you could justify paying Lamar Jackson more than Deshaun Watson, but Baltimore might not want that, so they could franchise tag him. And how would that look? So the quarterback market is going to probably fuel our offseason more than anything. You know, I see these mock drafts come out, and Vinny did a really good one. Vinny Bonsignor is a hell of a teammate. We have Vinny on tomorrow, and Vinny did a dive on the Raiders and what the Raiders' position ranking, who they could get come in. I'm not a big believer in talking about the Raiders' fifth-round pick because the guy's not going to be there. So whoever you think the Raiders can get in the fifth round, stop it. He's not going to be there. So I don't waste your time talking about that. But I think it's important to know which fifth-round corners are going to be available that might be able to go in the third round or might drop to the fifth round. And we'll cover that with the likes of Vinny Bonsignor. But I play the hits. That's what I learned when I got into radio. People might only be listening for 10 minutes. Or 25 minutes, when you listen to this show, I want you to get the most bang for your buck. And for me, that's going to be the Raider draft and the quarterback move in free agency if it's not the draft. We good with that? That's what I'm going to be working on every day, trying to add some content here to the show. 
plus a couple of interviews and your phone calls at 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200 as I wrap up the monologue and did what I did. My, my bosses should be proud of me. I say, hey, I'll go 25 minutes at the top of every hour without a break and see if anybody calls. And if not, I got a couple of interviews. I just did that. So I'm off to a great Tuesday. As we're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, the VSOP. Everything that they do. The Botanist Gin, as I told you, a summer refreshing cocktail. And the weather was pretty nice this weekend. Batten down the hatches. They said 80 mile an hour winds? 75 in Summerlin South, where I live? Wait a second. 75 mile an hour winds coming. Wow. Backyard brick. I got to secure the umbrellas. I got to cover up some stuff. I guess no golf this week for no one here in Vegas, unless you're a mercenary. Let's get this show going, will ya? As of right now, I mean, I'm convinced based on my own instincts and knowing the NFL and knowing what, what happens after all these defeats and discussions with someone who just firsthand knowledge of this organizations of the Packers uh, internal debates that they are done with Rogers, that that's the way it is right now, that he's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him and they're done with him and they're moving on. And this is going to involve money and a trade partner and all kinds of things, but I'm totally convinced he will not be their starting quarterback this year. On the other hand, they love Jordan Love. They think he is the second coming now. They have seen enough in practice for three years that they believe he is like Rogers 2.0. That's where this organization is coming from right now. They have turned the page just like they did to Favre in uh, June and July, those months there, the summer of 2008. And I don't see it changing. Wow, that's a big soundbite by Bob McGinn in the Go Long podcast. He's a Packers insider and reporter. That's his voice saying that the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. And he has it from an internal source within the organization. JT, back with you. And how does that affect free agency? He's not a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is going to require draft equity or a trade to go get him. And the Raiders have draft equity and they have players that they can trade who are pretty good if they want to go get him, but we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs and the franchise tag and everything that's going on out here. Welcome back to the show as we continue on. So a lot happening with the Raiders this offseason. We played you a bunch of Dave Ziegler from Bussin' with the Boys to start the show. Today's topic is simple. I got a lot of guests coming up on the back end. What do you think the number one priority is for Dave Ziegler, the GM of the team? You're the Raider fans. You're the fans that are paying for season tickets. You are the fans. What do you want him to prioritize? And you get one comment on it. You take it as long as you want, but is it the draft? Is it the quarterback via getting it in a trade or free agency? There's got to be one starting point for you as a Raider fan on what you think the priority should be. 702-365-9200. So let's take this game further. Let's assume that Bob McGinn, who's really good and has trusted valuable insight, is right. Let's say the Packers are saying, oh my God, get out of here. You don't win anymore. You're Aaron Bleep and Rodgers. You win the MVP. You got one Super Bowl. 
We don't need to pay you $60 million to get beat by Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't need to pay you $60 million when Jalen Hurts in a year is better than you. So we're good, but we're going to hold you back and we're going to get something for you. Well, that's going to make Aaron Rodgers nuts. If Aaron Rodgers believes that the Packers don't want him anymore, oh my God, get ready for that. Because I want to see Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback for the Raiders for two years just for personal reasons as a season ticket holder. I'm telling you, sitting with my wife or son and Aaron Rodgers coming out of that tunnel, believe me, that's a great thing. But I know that there's value, and you can't give up everything to get Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has got to commit to play more than one year. So we all agree on that. But I wonder what Aaron Rodgers is going to do as he's coming out of darkness. And I haven't been following him. I don't know if he was on McAfee today. I don't think he was. But coming out of darkness after clearing out his social media, his cell phone, sitting in a dark place, is coming out saying, number one, I really think I should go back to the Packers. Packers give me the best chance to win in the NFC because there's a bunch of five, there's five great quarterbacks in the AFC looking to gun me down. In the NFC, Aaron Rodgers can beat Kirk Cousins. He could beat Jared Goff. I go down the list of all these quarterbacks. He could beat Derek Carr, no matter where Derek Carr goes. But in the AFC, he's going to beat Patrick Mahomes in his own division, Russell Wilson, a gold jacket Hall of Famer, and Justin Herbert, who on paper right now is trending to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Let me repeat that because I get pushback from Raider fans. Justin Herbert with his playoff collapse and the fact that he hasn't won a playoff game and hasn't won an MVP yet is trending to be Aaron Rodgers, that type of quarterback. A bunch of MVPs, maybe he doesn't win multiple Super Bowls, but Justin Herbert's going to win a Super Bowl at some point. He's too damn good. Just like John Elway was great, I mean, for Herbert not to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be kind of like Dan Marino-esque. Where Marino, if you told me his rookie year would never win one, I'd be like, you're nuts. I think Josh Allen's going to win a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, I don't think, he might not win. The reason I say Joe Burrow might not is because Joe Burrow plays for an owner who I think is terrible in Mike Brown. Cheap, doesn't spend any money. I've talked to players who have come to the Raiders from Cincinnati. They said, JT, you should see our airplane our pre-meal food, our hotels on the road. That's the same owner. That owner is not going to give Joe Burrow $300 million and have the foresight to build the championship team around him. I don't believe so. But Burrow is really good. So for Aaron Rodgers, I think the two storylines that we should keep a close eye on is if the Packers decide and say, we don't want you, how is he going to react to that? Because personally, he shouldn't care. He's Aaron Rodgers. He shouldn't care if the Packers, after all these years with a really good backup quarterback, say, hey, come on, Aaron. We drafted the kid. We wanted to play him over you. You blew us away winning two more MVPs. You're kind of a pain in the ass. We're ready to move on. Why would Aaron Rodgers have a problem with that? He's still guaranteed $60 million this year. And if the Raiders pay it and, say, Green Bay gets a third-round pick or a second-round pick, I wouldn't give up the seventh pick overall. I wouldn't. But you never know. Then Aaron Rodgers is going to flamethrower, flamethrow Green Bay. Oh, he's going to leave Green Bay kind of saying some things about, because he's going to feel like he was discarded at the end and traded because they didn't want him. And that could be the case. So when Aaron Rodgers comes out of this darkness retreat today, yesterday, tomorrow, the one thing that he might say is, I want to go back to Green Bay. I had some clarity. It's my home. I want to retire a Packer. And if he does that, the Raiders are going to be dealing with the same thing we dealt with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who I felt like would have been an outstanding fit for Josh McDaniels, 
clearly an outstanding fit. Tom Brady, come on. Then he retires. Well, Rodgers isn't going to retire because he's making $60 million. He's not stupid enough to walk away from that. And another team will pay him to do it. Seems like the Jets want him more than the Raiders as of now just by reading the tea leaves because the owner of the Jets is talking about two first-round picks and anything to go get him. So this is going to get really, really, really good. And as I have Raider fans on Twitter telling me in capitals, defense, defense, defense. Okay, so they want defense. I've talked to some Raider fans over the weekend who basically said, I want every pick, every free agent move on defense. I'm good with Stidham. I can live with Stidham and a quarterback later in the draft, but I, we need a rebuilt defense. And I understand that. The defense really struggled, really struggled last year. 702-365-9200. Kelvin in San Francisco. Thanks for opening up the week. How are you, Kelvin? Hey, JT. Thanks for having me on, man. Love your show. I'm out here in San Francisco. Um, number one priority for Ziegler is the quarterback. The quarterback league, just like you mentioned. Uh, guy down there in San Diego, Cincinnati. Uh, even if it means moving up in the draft, whatever we, whatever they need to do, man, they got to get a quarterback. I feel like Raider fans are a bit in a gray area right now. We have mm-hmm. these great players. We got Waller. We got Jacobs. Uh, Devontae, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we have no one to throw him the ball. So we got to take care of that. Uh, keep up the good work, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call. Good to hear from you from San Francisco as we open up the show. They got a guy who can throw him the football. Look, Jared Stidham can play quarterback in this league. Jared Stidham's a good quarterback. He's not elite. So if we're sitting here trying to frame Derek as the 11th best quarterback, 12, he deteriorated down to 14 or 15, no matter what, you're not going to get that from Stidham in his first year. You might. You might get in a few games. Look at the way he played against San Francisco. But you, you can't be confident with Stidham unless you are developing a quarterback behind him. So we all know that. But with Devontae, I think Devontae is very important in this equation. I go back to the podcast Bussing with the boys and what Dave Ziegler said about Devontae. Oh, my God, the praise that came out of him. It should be. Dave traded a first and second to go get Devontae, and he talked about how Devontae shows up to the Raider facility wearing the Jordan brand. You know, he wears Jordan Nike outfits. He said he, should, he could be wearing a $5,000 suit and a briefcase because he's such a businessman. Devontae comes in every day to work, and as Dave put out what he does on Wednesday – is what he does on Friday and Sunday. He is consistent. And then Dave broke down how he uses his hands to catch deep balls and how corners don't know where the ball is because Devontae doesn't put his hands up to the last second and how Dave scouts that in cornerbacks and also receivers. I thought that was really good overall. The hype around the quarterback should be really important because since Rich Gannon, there's only been one quarterback really that we can talk about, and that was Derek Carr. You know, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about Kerry Collins. We didn't spend a lot of time talking about Dante Culpepper, Matt McGloin, even though I got on the McGloin train for one game for the playoffs, Connor Cook, Jamarcus Russell, as we said, Carson Palmer, very good quarterback at the time, didn't work out. We need this quarterback thing to work. We're Las Vegas. We're hosting the Super Bowl. It's the Raiders tied with Kansas City or Kansas City's tied with the Raiders with three Super Bowls with Denver. It's go time, and the quarterback is going to lead the charge. And as Dave Ziegler said on this podcast, there's a lot of pressure to figure out what they're going to do, but they're going to stick with their plan. For Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback of the Raiders, 
Something's got to give that I don't see in the Raiders' plan. The Raiders' plan doesn't look to me to be Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders' plan is to develop, is to get valuable players for cheaper money and coach them and scout them right and develop them. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come along that often. He doesn't come around that often. Tom Brady, never, never available. So when all of this happens, all of this happens going forward, I want to get your opinion on what you think is best for the organization. Because there's just too many fans that are not thinking what's best for the organization. They're not. They're just thinking what's best for the next two weeks. And I get that. That's why you're called fans. And I'm the leader of the charge. I'm a fan. I'm just a fan behind the microphone. We're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. Man, they do a great job with everything they're doing. And we're doing some March Madness remotes with Modelo to kick off the madness of March. Excited to tell you about that. Joe Arrigo next. Harkless to McCabe, passes in the corner. Noel shoots a three, and he hits it. Timeout Ooh. called UNLV. Shane Noel under pressure, knocks down the three, and it's a two-point game with eight seconds to go. John Sandler on the call, UNLV Hoops. will move to UNLV because of the tragic news that UNLV defensive lineman Ryan Keeler died Monday in Las Vegas. He was only 20 years old. Our friend Joe Arrigo, kind enough to join us, the co-founder and VP of Franchise Sports Media. Joe is always covering local stories and national stories. And Joe, I wish we were talking amongst better circumstances here, but what can you tell us about this young man who just passed away? Ryan was beloved by his teammates and coaches alike. Um, very outgoing. Um, when it came to you know, his academics, he was he took pride in, in being on the dean's list. Um, he was a hardworking kid that, I mean, this year he was projected to start at one of the outside end positions on the defensive line. And it's just a tragic situation, JT. Um, when I got word yesterday afternoon, quite frankly, I sat on it for a while because I had to, I had to try to compute everything. And as news started coming in and, and players started reaching out, you could hear the pain in their inner voice, and they're devastated right now. Yeah, he seems like a great young kid who had his whole life in front of him. He transferred from Rutgers before the season as a redshirt freshman. He was a three-star recruit in Chicago at Nazareth. So tell me about his journey because I want to celebrate his life. I don't want to talk about the cause of death as this is still an investigation. We'll see what happens here when that news is released. But what can you tell me about him as a leader in the community and how he found himself and found his way to UNLV? Man, what's interesting is he had a lot of schools, a lot of big boy schools. His final five schools coming out of high school were actually Michigan, Ole Miss, Virginia, Rutgers, where he attended in Texas Tech. And when you look at you know some of the other schools, Nebraska, um, Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa State, uh, Louisville, Wisconsin. I mean, it wasn't like this guy was a like Ryan was a, a player that didn't have talent. I mean, he was just young. And, you know, he had the type of length that teams look for. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the, I was talking to a player yesterday who was his workout partner for, mo- you know, most of the time, and, you know, he, he was at UNLV. He was like, Joe, this guy would push me beyond limits. He actually texted him on Saturday night, just sending him words of encouragement to keep going and keep, keep you know, persevering and, 
and keep working hard because, you know, there's a bright future for him. And this is a 20-year-old kid that, that really was, I think, a, a leader in the making in the program. And he just, he just, he just was a really funny kid that, that you know, when it was time to put on, go to work and put the, the lunch pail and the hard hat on, he, he, he went after a JT, and his teammates respected him for that, and they loved him to death. Joe Arrigo, kind enough to join us. We're talking about the life of a young man who just passed away, Ryan Keeler from UNLV. And Barry Odom put out a post, and well, I, I saw him. He nominated him, and he became Rebel of the Week because of his academics. And that was February 12th. So that was February 12th, and Ryan responded on Twitter 1% each day with the prayer emoji. So how's the program dealing with this, especially Coach Odom, the new coach here in town, and how we can help, Joe? What can we do? You know us. We've been friends a while. What can we do for the family and What's going to happen here with this football program at UNLV as these players are really grieving hard? Well, I'll start with the latter, JT. I, I think it's going to galvanize them. It's going to bring them together. You know, um, talking to a lot of the guys yesterday and this morning, um, they all feel like this is, a, this is a chance that they can honor his memory. One of the players said there's going to be a lot of four sevens in the air when I sack the quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ryan wore 47. Um, as far as the program, you know, they're devastated. The coaches, you know, they're new, but this is not, I mean, you know, it's not ideal for a new coach staff to come in two months into your tenure and you have to deal with the traffic situation like this. That was completely unexpected. Um, but they're hurt. Um, they, 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 they keep it, the players are, are extremely, they're hurt as well. I mean, I, I don't think there's words that can convey just the pain. And as, as, for the, as far as the family, um, I'll, I'll keep you posted in mm-hmm. terms of what, what's going on. Um, right now, I think they're just trying to get out of here and kind of get everything settled. Um, but obviously, you know, anytime you lose a child and you're a parent, that, that's not a fraternity you want to be a part of. And it's something that, you know, I, it's, it's a pain that's indescribable. And, you know, they're doing, I think they're doing the best that they can. And he also has a brother that plays at Texas Tech. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why yesterday – um, UNLV didn't put out a statement right away early on is because they wanted to get let the family know and, and because you know you, there there are they are in different time zones and it was you know difficult you had difficulty you don't want them to find out on social media that's the wrong way to find out that you lost a family member so they're trying to be very respectful about that and, and they they continue to try to be respectful um, with everything that's going on with you know the questions yeah. about why and whatnot that's that's not the this isn't the appropriate time i think right. for anybody to ask why it's, it's like you said time to celebrate ryan's life yeah ryan keeler passed away unlv football 17 hours ago put out unlv mourns the passing of football student athlete ryan keeler you know joe you've had loss in your life my wife and i we have a senior and a sophomore in college and my wife and i yesterday we're around the house, and we didn't know them, but we know people in the program, obviously. I reached out to a couple of people in the program, and, you know, to have two young sons in college right now, and then to see this picture of this great kid at the age of 20 passing away unexpectedly in our community here with UNLV football, you were one of the first guys I reached out to because I know how hard you work that program and get us information here, so... We'll wait to hear from you, Joe, and you come on again if we can help out the family, if there's going to be a GoFundMe, if there's anything we can do with a remote or get involved with you here because I think this community needs to come together to help out not only the family but Rebel football and bring this community together because when a 20-year-old passes away, part of our community, we're going to do something about it. 
Absolutely, JT. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for having me on, yep. and I'll keep you posted with everything. Thank you. Right? Joe Arrigo, appreciate him coming on here. This was a gut punch. UNLV defensive lineman Ryan Keeler died Monday here yesterday, and he was only 20 years old. No cause of death was given in the news release. I am not here to speculate. I do not know what happened, but wow. I mean, I try to put everything in perspective, right? We're sitting here talking about the quarterback, the quarterback, and then I'm talking to my wife, trying to be positive, go to mass. We come back, and we're sitting here, and we're saying to ourselves, you know, 47,000 people passed away in that earthquake, in Turkey, 47,000, 9-11 was what, 3,000. You look at the gravity of those numbers, and then this one young man, not counting numbers, this one young man yesterday on President's Day, and my kids are both in college, and my wife and I are walking around our kitchen going, whoa, what happened here? And it's all over the news, and I want to make sure that everyone in this community who can hear my voice or outside the community that wants to help in the memory of Ryan Keeler can do that and we want to help UNLV football in any way we can and I know the people I work with at Lotus Broadcasting we are the flagship of UNLV sports and I know the people behind the scenes here have their ears to the ground and when the time is right we'll do something for UNLV football and UNLV athletics and hopefully something that could help the loving memory of Ryan Keeler may he rest in peace at the age of 20. 702-365-9200. When we come back at the top of the hour, Harry Ruiz will join us, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. I don't know who Harry wants a quarterback. I'm going to put him on the spot, find out what Harry wants to do here. He's going to do an XFL game coming up, too. Great young broadcaster. Sits in for me a bunch. I'm going to be popping in and out here because I'm going to see my parents a bunch over the next couple of months in Florida. They're both 84 years old, and I got to get in front of them as much as I possibly can. Plus, a lot of good Raider events coming up here. A lot of cool events coming up in the offseason with the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. A lot of their fundraisers we're going to be talking about. And I didn't get a chance to get to Tiger Woods. I'll get to that at the top of the hour. I thought that the Daytona 500 ended terribly. What an awful way to end a race. There's a lot of NASCAR fans in this town that love NASCAR. And if you watch that race and how it ended under caution... During those overtime two-lap races, just terrible. You cannot end NASCAR that way. Clear off the track again, no matter how long it takes, and have the only remaining cars sprint one lap, and let's get a real winner, not waiting for someone in the ear of the broadcaster to say who won. I thought that was a terrible look. It wasn't against the rules, just not the way I want to see a race end at a super speedway. JT Tuesday, hope you had a great President's Day weekend. We're back here on the flagship of the Raiders.